FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 207 of the podcast that goes... <laughs> that was the wimpiest snake I've ever heard. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said snack. I was eating my oh. snack. Yeah, she's eating a snack. My microphone. Better. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> anyway, we are your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? And we're here to talk about the first half of Wolverine Comics in January 2017. I hope you have stuff in my mouth. The new year is upon us. Yeah, it is. And there's lots to talk about. We're going to continue... With our Ending of the State Part 2. And we'll catch everyone up to speed on IVX in Humans versus X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. And Oliver has started walking with push toys. He's not walking solo yet. No, he has to have something to lean on. Right. And sometimes he pushes the little push toy a hair too far <laughs> out in front of him. Yeah. And then his little butt sticks out. And then he kind of wiggles it, and then he slowly catches back up to the push toy. Right. This makes me completely sad, by the way. But it makes him extremely happy. This was the first day he started doing it. Yeah, and Jason. And he ran up, and, or not ran, but waddled up and down the hall with this push toy just cackling. He was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> he was so incredibly happy. Jason came home from dropping him off at daycare, and he goes, oh, by the way, Oliver can walk behind push toys. Instant tears. And then, after we all got home from work, Oliver is playing with a toy, and Ethan is there with him, and all of a sudden, Ethan goes, Look! Mm -hmm. And there he is, standing all by himself, not holding on to anything for a good, what, 10? 15 seconds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Made me completely sad. Then Jason had to pull out the push toy and show me what he could do. <laughs> yep. But most of you probably don't care. <laughs> no. But this but is a way of us this, remembering. Yeah. This is what happens when you got two parents of a... What's, what's, what's all we're classified now as? He's still classified as a baby. Infant? Yeah. Not once quite he, a toddler? No. Once he starts walking, he'll be classified as a toddler. Cause not an infant? Toddler. Not quite a toddler? Oh, goodness. Not an infant. Not quite a toddler. <laughs> anyway, these are the shenanigans you have to put up with at this stage of our life. Because he's still my like baby. like to talk about our baby. Yep. And you know what? If I never talk about his birthday, then he will always forever not be one. Sure. But anyway, enough baby talk. Let's talk about some comics. You ready? Wah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Dude, we started. We did. Yep. So we're ready to talk about all new Wolverine number 16. Continues our Enemy of the State 2 story. Do I get a snack with this? You're having one. Okay, I'm just making sure I can still eat my snack. No. <laughs> what? No, snack time is over. No. It's time for snack time. No, but, but with snack comes snack. So, this is written by Tom Taylor, <laughs> with art by Nick Berea, colors by Michael Garland, 
Letters by Wolfie Award winner, Nisi's Corey Pettit. Woohoo! And the cover is by David Lopez. This is a really, really sweet cover. It's like an all reddish, orangish background. And we have Laura hooked up to like the Weapon X helmet and wires and tubes and she's got her claws out. She's scowling. This is an amazing cover. Our first nomination of the early year, I would say. I would say that too. Yeah. So Call your phone. Record it. No, I'll get it when we're done. But it's just I don't know. If you haven't if you haven't seen this cover and you care about Wolverine at all. Go look it up because it's really, really great. I love the test tubes like coming out of her. Yeah. And the use of color, mm-hmm. like the green contrasting the orange and red. Although at first. And I love when people draw Wolverine claws like this. Yeah, I could see that. Although The blade claws are my favorite. At first, um, again, I read it on the treadmill. So when you're running up and down. Visually, it's kind of hard to see things, so I thought it was She-Hulk. There's a green hue to the shadow. I can see that. And I think it's the way her lips are drawn. Yeah, green lips, yeah. Well, not just the green lips, but the, like, the the broadness of them. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. But it's not She-Hulk. Though She-Hulk going through Weapon X program, there's a story. Ooh. Yeah. I might be on to something. <laughs> Bye-bye, French fry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what happens in this book? So we start off with Laura Amenston Green. We're going to call it water. Sure. Not 100% if it's gooey or not. It's all, it was uh, Nickelodeon had a warehouse sale. Yeah. And Kamira bought a bunch of green slime. But I will say their, Double Dare. their use of halftones throughout the entire book, but especially on this first page, is amazing. It's nice. It's really nice. Mr. Garland does a fine job. Yeah. So... G-Town! <laughs> uh, so Wolverine's immersed in this green liquidy stuff. Yeah. And basically her captor... Her handler, her old handler, Kimura. Right. She's basically repeating things over and over again. You're not a hero. You're a weapon. Uh, and Wolverine kind of wakes up. <clears throat> and she's like, she actually doesn't do a whole lot of talking. No. Um, her handler does m- the majority of the talking. That yeah. Says, Bologna, uh, Bologna is also there. Oh, yeah. There she is. Um, but basically, she says, I'm going to turn you back into a weapon. And... You know what? You're a bullet for me to point, and I have your first target. And they're in Madripoor. Madripoor. Yeah, and it's Tiger Tiger, which harkens all the way back to our very first solo Wolverine comic in Marvel Comics Presents, which uh, there's more episodes now than I think, but not too long ago, Mr. John Wilson came on to talk about that with us. So if you want to hear Tiger Tiger's kind of debut, you can go look at that or listen to that. Yep. So, Laura, <clears throat> I'm sorry. So, we flash over to the boat. Now, if you remember from the last book. Yes, the SS Yost, which is one of X-23's creators, Christopher right. Yost. The, the boat that X-23 came over on, or Wolverine came over on, um, was they were hiding some children that they were trafficking mm-hmm. over to Majapur. And so Bologna told her friend... Roughhouse. Roughhouse. 
hey, make sure the ship goes back. Make sure the girls get, you know, dropped off with the authorities and make sure Gabby um, go doesn't come to Majapur. Right. So we're on the ship and Rough House is guarding the door where the kids are staying. And one of the henchmen. Pirates. Yeah, pirates. Um, says, Arg, Rough House. Why don't you let me have the kids, matey? And I love how Rough House just, he stands up for them. Yeah, and the guy's like, we'll, do, we'll, we'll double, triple your pay. Right. And he goes, he basically says, I've done some terrible things in my life. This isn't one of them. Yeah. And throws a pirate overboard. I love that. Yeah, it was a really, really nice touch. Um, so then we go back into the hold where the, the kids are staying. And basically Gabby says, don't worry, you'll be home soon, but I can't go with you. Um, I have to go back to Majapur. I got to find my pet Wolverine first. And then I have to Jonathan, go back. Jonathan the Unstoppable. That's right. And then I have to go back to Majapur. <coughs> so they were like, you know what? I'm going to do something. So I don't need you to freak out, but then I need you to freak out. Right. She, wants, she says, I can't be hurt, right? Right. But I'm going to act like I am. So don't freak out, but then when I tell you, freak out. Right. And they do. They start screaming and roughhouse bust in the room. And the kids are like, her bone's on the outside of her body. <laughs> right. Which is quite honestly what kids would say. Yeah. A nice compound fracture. Yeah. And they're like, she fell. So roughhouse picks her up. Yeah. And takes her to the infirmary. She gives good. the kids the thumbs up behind Roughhouse's back. Like, yep. Good job, guys. Which I'm surprised. With the art, there's a very kind of Annie feel to this whole scene. Yes. It didn't really fit the tone, but I don't know. We'll see. No, but it's also colored slightly different. So right. I kind of took that as they were trying to set the tone. So the Annie tone does fit the mood, like they're all orphans, or maybe not orphans, but they don't have a home right now. Right. So we go back to X-23 and her handler, and X-23's got some massive, like, boots and gloves on. Yeah, there are restraints. And basically she says, you're going to kill Tiger Tiger for me? And Laura says, nope, I'm not going to do it. She goes, yeah, well, it's like this. I inserted the trigger sent into her blood. Yeah. So you want me to help yourself. And in case you're thinking about bailing on me, I found your family. Yeah. And guess what? You don't do what I say, they go bye-bye. Yep. So. And she even shows them surveillance. Yeah. And then she says, I'm going to stick you back in this giant pit of green goo. A sensory deprivation unit. Yeah, and she's going to crank it up because she wants X to eleven. Yeah. Well, why don't you just make the the loudest setting louder and still call it ten? But this goes to eleven. <laughs> Is that Wayne's World? Spinal Tap. Oh. Um, Have you never seen Spinal Tap? No. Oh, we're fixing that. <laughs> After we possibly our tonight, shows, right? No, possibly tonight. Um, so she says, I'm going to put you back in the chamber because I want you good and mad because when I put you in here, you are going to have nothing but pain. Yeah. Uh, and she goes, you might be in there for days. You might be in there for weeks. You might be in there for months, but when you get out, you're me pissed. So she locks her in there, tells her goodbye. And then 
We go back to the ship where Gabby is in the infirmary. Yep. And we get a nice little snick that she sits up in bed. Oh, hang on. I want to talk about the wimpy guy who's like, ew, her bones on the outside of her body. <laughs> Could you be any more wimpier? Well, you know, he has scurvy. So. Yeah. So Gabby shows him her bone claw and says, this is my favorite part. Give me a satellite phone. And by the way, this is poisonous. So I will stabby stabby and poison you. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, she's like, so I'm one of those scary mutants you've probably seen on TV. I have a claw, see? And in some uh, poisonous. You want me to get stabby and poisonous <laughs> It is one of the best lines. Of course, they comply. They <laughs> I thought this was very interesting and probably not the most expedient way to deliver the package, as they say. But instead of sending Laura like into this office or whatever, they literally get a helicopter and fly the whole like sensory deprivation unit <laughs> through oh. the, and slam it through the window of the office. And then it like hisses and opens up like a sci-fi escape pod. <laughs> I wondered. I was like, were they hoping it would shatter? No, no. Anyway, Laura, X-23, Wolverine gets out. And then, of course, the restraints fall off. And she cuts the, all the other stuff off. Yeah. We get a snip. saying no. Because right. she knows what's about to happen. Yep, and doesn't want to do it. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> guess what she smells? The trigger, trigger scent. And Tiger Tiger is up in her office and her security guards come up and go, it's time to leave. The safest place for you is in the air or or in the bunker. Right. And she makes a good point. How do we know she's not or he, the attacker is right. not in the air in the bunker? So I guess while they debate this, X-23 has made her way up to the hallway and is now confronting Tiger Tiger and yeah. her. I like how they try to tase her and she just cuts through the tasing. Yeah. And then gives it back to him. Now we're getting to a part. Well, I don't, I'm not for sure how. I may have missed the story or maybe we're just to assume that Wolverine spoke to Tiger Tiger, but she recognizes Laura. Right, but whose yep. head does she cut off? Tiger Tigers. But then she tells Tiger Tiger to go away. Yeah, so we get a nice foot snip for Dan. Gross. Yeah. Ew. Cuts Tiger Tiger's head off with a thud. She's even got an athlete's foot. Yeah, and then we find out it was a decoy, a robot. And we have some sparky sparky. And then Laura goes after the real Tiger Tiger, but Gabby shows up. Just in the nick of time. Wow. She must have some tracking skills. Yeah. So she tackles Laura, and of course, um, they tussle a little bit. And then Tiger Tiger's ace in the hole, literally, <laughs> is Gambit. That and was Gambit a surprise. Shows up. It, it surprised me, too. And I love how he's like, hello, petite. Yeah, and so he throws a, a supercharged ace of hearts at our wolverines and to be continued. And it looks like the whole floor blows up. It looks pretty massive, yeah. I wonder where Tiger Tiger is in all this. 
She ran back into her office. Uh-huh. Behind her desk. Behind her, under her desk. Or it's safe. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, what do you think of the arts? I liked it. Okay. It wasn't... I didn't hate it, but I wasn't falling over in love with it. So I guess I just didn't have anything negative or positive to say about it. Yeah, it's very just kind of there, in my opinion. Yeah. I do like the colors. I thought Garland did a good job with the colors. You pointed out the halftone, but also like the coloring like in the water when they're on the boat and the sky looks really natural. Um, I don't know, just the uses of colors throughout I thought was really good. Yeah, I like the green, like the sky has a greenish yellow hue to it when she's being dropped off. Right. Just to kind of give you that ominous, something's about to happen. Yeah. But the art itself, which is kind of okay. Yeah, I can see that. What do you think of the story? Um, I get why X-23's handler is trying to get Tiger Tiger out of the way. Oh, right. I mean, we didn't really mention that. So, so Kamira is trying to set up shop in Madripoor. Right, but... And Tiger Tiger's in her way. Right, but Tiger Tiger's in her way, like, in a good way. Yeah, so Tiger Tiger was is one of the head kind of crime lords, but she's been trying to kind of slowly legitimize Madripoor over the years. Right. And Kamira's like, where's the fun in that? Right. I don't know. I just kind of... I get why she's doing it, but I think dropping X-23 to kill Tiger Tiger, like, what? what's the end game? Does she want X-23 back? Because if yes. she does... Oh, you definitely. Well, was she going to, like, go send someone out to go get her? Because she just basically sent her by herself and well, without a collar. All, that's all she's ever needed. Okay. <laughs> I just, if X-23 was so... Fighting it from the get-go, you'd think there'd be at least somebody kind of lagging behind to trank her afterwards to make sure she came back. But if Gabby can get to her, then there wasn't anybody back there. Yeah, I don't know. Unless Gambit's, I don't think, I think Gambit's with Tiger Tiger though. Yeah, I don't think Gambit's with uh, the handler. Kamira. Kamira. Yeah. I really enjoyed this story. Um, I'm enjoying this tale overall. Um, we have kind of Wolverine acting against her wishes. Um, Gabby showing up trying to save her. That was interesting. We'll see what happens with Gambit. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy, I'm enjoying it. It's a nice little story set in Madripoor. What else you got? That's about it. All right. What are you going to grade on Wolverine number 16? I'm going to give it three out of six. Okay. I'm going to go a step higher. I will give it four out of six claws. Okay. And, yep, I forgot to tweet Dan, so I apologize. Let me make sure he has it. Can I eat my snack now? You may have a bite real fast while I just check my Twitter DMs. Why don't you crinkle that paper right in the microphone? Can I run the knife over the cracker? Ooh. Can you? No. We'll catch up. Dan, uh, we'll get your thoughts on this one when we get the next one as well. 
So anyway, that's all new Wolverine. You ready for some IVX? IV do it. All right. All right. So we'll end the episode with an IVX update. We have two comics, Inhumans versus X-Men number two and Uncanny X-Men number 17. I'm finishing up my snack. <laughs> yep. So IVX number two is written by Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule. Remember that uh, Jeff Lemire is the X-Men and Charles Soule is the Inhuman. Penciled by Winnie L. Francis Yu. Inks by Gary Allen Gian. Colors by David Curiel. Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. The cover is by Yu and Curiel. And on this cover, we have the Inhumans kind of in the center. And then we have... All of our Wolverine characters made the cover this time. We have Sabretooth, Old Man Logan, and Wolverine. Oh, yeah. All on there attacking the Inhumans with Storm and Nightcrawler and Iceman and Cyclops. Um, so, basically, the fight picks up, right? We're going to start with the battle. The X-Men are attacking New Adeline. Um, we have a moment between Medusa and Human Torch which was capped off strangely by Medusa's hair kissing Human Torch's fire, maybe? Yeah, I didn't understand that. It's like, it's like when you're an annoying, like, sixth grader, and you walk up to a girl and go, oh, you're hot, and you lick your fingers, and you put it on her shoulder and go, that's literally what this scene was to me. What? Who does that? Middle schoolers, man. Nobody ever did that to me. They get they punched have. for licking their finger and sticking on them. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's, it's cool. <laughs> really? You should tell Ethan that. No, Ethan, I, I the cool thing. I don't want my, my son to be a douche. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Human Torch flies off at Medusa's behest. Medusa splits her teams up. She's going to send Iso and uh, Inferno out and says if the city falls avenge us basically <laughs> then this is kind of badass so she ties her hair up with all these blades okay so, I wondered what was going on yeah so now her hair is not just like all over the place it's got sharp blades in it hmm. and then the X-Men get there they fight a whole lot of fighting going on and then um so the X-Men's plan, magic, is to teleport the royalty and the key players to Inferno. Why? I never understood that. To take them off the playing board so they can take New Adeline down. Because remember, the X-Men don't want to kill the Inhumans, per se. Right. They want to get rid of them so they can get rid of the cloud without interference. Okay. So they're putting them in a jar until they take care of the cloud, and then I'm assuming they'll let them out of the yes, jar? a fiery demon-infested jar, yeah. Okay. A fiery demon jar, yeah. Well, you know. So anyway, uh, we see Wolverine is fighting um, the wizard lady. I forgot her name. Um, is, she, is there a floating head thing in here? No, there's not. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, she didn't make the cut. Aww. <laughs> So I still don't know her name. Um, anyway, Magic teleports her away. Young Beast goes to find Old Beast Lab. And Medusa's like, huh? 
and then Young Beast and Medusa fight, almost destroying the lab before Nightcrawler teleports Medusa away. So Sabretooth uh, finds Iso and Inferno and says, ooh, oh, he's having some snacks, just like you. Aw, we're having snacks together. Yeah. So they decide to burn Sabretooth. It doesn't quite work out the way they thought. Uh, Human Torch shows up. Some more fighting. Uh, Sabretooth gets burned some more. Wolverine does some more fighting. Angel grabs her. And this is when we find out the Inhumans are in in Inferno, though we should have known because we're also bad to take anybody. Right. So Angel and Wolverine track down Iso and Flint. We get a snit. And Wolverine um, cuts the ship, falls, she lands. She wakes up as the Inhumans try to find Eldrak, which is the Inhuman teleporting door. Uh, Wolverine decides she's going to try to kill him. They go through the door and she slams the door with her claws. And they go. So Eldrak's power is to teleport people where they need to be. Okay, so you can't say, I want to go to the mall. Because if he feels like you need to go to Walmart, that's where you're going. Yeah. Okay. So these guys, for some reason, need to be in the Savage Land. And we get a nice double snipped with a butt shot of Old Man Logan. And I don't really understand the the strategy here because... Are we sure he's in the Savage Land and not the Wasteland? I'm pretty sure it's the Savage Land, yeah. Okay. But why would, why would the X-Men have sent him here? Because how would they know that this is where they needed to be? Maybe that'll be revealed. Maybe it won't. Maybe but old man Logan is reliving something. Huh? Well, old man Logan is technically from the future, right? Right. So maybe something similar to this happened. Oh, and possibly. And sent them to the Savage Land. So he knew, like, this is this is similar to what happened last time. This is where they went, so this is where I'm going. All right. All right. I'll buy that. We'll see if the writers are smart enough to talk about that. Hmm. We will see. We will see. Um. All right, Art. Eh. It was fine. I liked it. Um, it wasn't as egregious on the sexuality as issue number one. Nope. She's shaking her head now as she yawns. Sorry. I'm boring her. No, late <laughs> nights with Oliver. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the story? Uh, I don't like Wolverine's portrayal, so let's let's get that out of the way. Okay. Which Wolverine? The Wolverine. Okay, not Old Man Logan. No. Okay. Wolverine, Laura. Yeah, I don't uh, like how she was out to kill people, and Angel was like, I'm right. glad you didn't do it. They wrote her like they wrote Logan Wolverine, like in his first couple of years of continuity, where he was just kind of always flipping out and always going all unhinged a little bit. Right. And this doesn't fit where she is in her book right now. No, it doesn't. And I don't really like it. Um... I have a confession. I don't really know what I expected from, like, what my expectation in this series is. Because I know it's going to be, I mean, like, that sounds dumb. People are like, duh, it's a big fight book. And yes, it is, but. But what's the outcome? I don't know. I'm just not. 
And there's nothing really inherently wrong with right. the pacing in this or, or the scripting or even the plot. Like the idea of sending the leaders to Inferno is interesting. I don't know. I just... Maybe it's just wordy. I don't something. I just got kind of bored. I feel like I don't know why. I don't know what would make it necessarily more exciting, but I don't feel like it's X Men for them to just come in guns blazing, and that's the part I have issues with. I don't know because I feel like okay. So from everything that I've read, the Inhumans are trying to help the X Men. Kind of, yeah. Right, so... With more more in, in mouth than in action. Right, but... And I guess that's where I get hung up, is I feel like... Well, they said they'd help us, and they're kind of doing this over here. So no one ever said, hey, let's go talk to the Inhumans and tell them, like, we just need to bump up the action a notch. Well, you know, but it, Beast, is, Beast told the X-Men, they had that big meeting where he's like, I can't, I can't solve this. Right. But he couldn't solve the mist. Uh-huh. But that's what has to be solved. But has anyone talked to the Inhumans about that? Yeah. And they're not going to get rid- they And they fought over it in Death of X. When Cyclops, older Cyclops, destroyed the first cloud. And, the Inhum- and Black Bolt tried to kill him. Okay. I don't know. I just kind of Because this cloud like- is holy to the Inhumans, so they can't let it be destroyed. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like they're going to extreme. I feel like each side is going to extremes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's it's a that's weird extreme. <laughs> and maybe that's why I just can't get into it. It's too weird. Okay. Plus, I, I get, I have a really hard time with, well, I'm an inhuman and you're an X-Men. So you're a mutant but I was mutated by Terrigen gas. Yeah, there's different genetics. <laughs> but it's not. It's still a genetic mutation. Right, but one, the cloud is turning people and giving them powers, and the other one is killing them. Right, but what I'm trying to say is there shouldn't even be a weird classification of Inhumans and X-Men. Because they're all mutants. Whether a cloud a gives de- you power, to you're a degree, born with but it. the Inhumans are a different thing. Okay, and maybe that's why I can't wrap my head around <laughs> this. Because <laughs> to me, they're all mutants. The Inhumans were embedded with Cree DNA. Okay. Way back in the way back when. Okay. And when exposed to the Terrigen, either mm-hmm. the, the crystals originally or now the cloud. Okay. They're latent in human genes, which is a mixture of Cree DNA and human DNA, mm-hmm. develops powers. Now, let me ask you a question. Let's just break down what you said, okay? They have a special DNA. Uh-huh. But it's alien DNA. It's not, it's not DNA that came from evolution like the mutants did. Wow. Let's split the Harry Potter hairs. Are you a <laughs> muggle or are you a wizard? Or are you a mudblood? Or are you a... Well, those are all different. You're not making your point. 
what it breaks down to is you're all made of the same stuff. It doesn't matter if you have a power and you don't, or you get a power because you have a well, cloud. But and humans weird are DNA. all made of the same stuff, and we fight over stuff all the time. And people are stupid. <laughs> yes, but so you don't think the X Men should try for their survival? I think we need like a little UN peacekeeping thing. And well, how, there's no peacekeeping. Okay. Why can't we stick the glass in a giant mason jar? The what? The gas. Why can't we put it in a giant because mason jar? Because. The humans believe it's kind of a manifest destiny kind of thing. Like, by not, by letting the cloud roam the earth, they're able to find all these inhumans that they thought were lost. Right. So, and they're trying to help by putting ships out to take anyone who's a mutant uh-huh. kind of out of the way. Right. Okay. But Beast is saying that eventually the cloud will disperse and cover the whole atmosphere, and human X Men won't be able to stay, or mutants won't be able to stay on the planet. Okay, it's just science. I can't. There's a reason why I'm an artist and not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, what do you want to grade in humans versus X-Men number two? It's going to get three out of six. I'm also going to give it three out of six claws. (laughs) Wow, is this the first one in like forever? (laughs) No. (laughs) I think we agreed some last time. Mm. All right, so anyway, we have a nice tie-in, Uncanny X-Men number 17. Moving right along. Written by Colin Bond, art by Ken Lashley. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Lashley and Woodard did the cover. And on the cover we have M with her sicky brother hands um, eating saber teeth. Who may or may not be having a gross orgasm. I'm not sure. It's the weirdest cover ever. M looks like a vampire, which makes sense. Um, it's not a bad cover. It's very 90s looking. Yeah. Very like 90s image looking, to be precise. Um, which, you know, it's kind of Lashley style. So, no blood, no foul, right? So anyway, what we didn't figure out from the last issue that we just talked about was that in the midst of all the fighting, somehow, um, Sabretooth and Rachel and M were sent to Inferno to kind of babysit the Inhumans that were trapped there. What a great job. I keep saying Inferno. I mean Limbo, but you know, same difference. Yeah. Um, Do they get paid minimum wage? No, they get paid in snacks. That's all Sabretooth wants is snacks. Tasty, inhuman snacks. I don't want inhuman snacks. I just want peanut butter and crackers. <laughs> yes, and I want a million dollars. Neither of us get what we want. <sighs> Just kidding. You can have peanut butter and crackers as soon as we're done recording. Mm, I'm full now. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, so some of the Inhumans ran away from the part where they were captured because, hey, they wanted to try to escape. And what happened when they tried to escape? Limbo's a dangerous place. There's demons and sharp rocks that cut you and drink your blood, apparently. Watch your step. Yep. So Phoenix... I'm sorry, not Phoenix. Rachel and Sabretooth find one. And they're like, this is weird. And then um, they argue. Rachel obviously doesn't like Sabretooth and thinks he's a fraud and that he's dangerous. And Sabretooth, this whole issue kind of has a really nice internal monologue. It's a very kind of typical Wolverine-type monologue where he's like, this is who I was. This is who I want to be. Maybe I'll have to settle for someone in the middle. 
Um, New Year's resolution. Right. So he's kind of wandering around limbo. He separates from Rachel, tells her to go keep scanning. They find another inhuman whose wings have been tore up. And they were find some more that were attacked by demons. So Sabretooth knows who's behind it. It's Monet. And she's trying to suck some inhuman juice out. So and who is Monet? Monet is a mutant. She's an X-Man from Generation X. And she lives in the water gardens? What? Monet. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. She's not nearly as cool as a painter. Um... Anyway, so she's currently bonded with her brother, Empath, who sucks out mutant souls. But he's saying, you know what? Inhumans taste good, too. They don't, get, they don't like empty calories, but it's fun. And Sabretooth's like, no. So Sabretooth, in case you haven't been keeping up, to help keep Monet's secret because he has a big crush on her, he's basically been letting Monet and her weird brother demon hands suck on him <laughs> not not in a sexy way but um so that she she can be fed and get the mutant energy she needs to survive to feed on other people she's basically got, uh she's basically like a mutant vampire now because of her brother being inside her possessing her okay and so Sarah to this volunteer he's offered himself up as a sacrificial uh, sucker Cracker, <laughs> and um, and in return he's keeping her secret, and also in return Monet's not supposed to be eating anybody else. Oh, oops. Oops. Yeah. So Sabretooth gets mad. She fight. They fight. He cuts off one of uh, Monet's sick hand tongues. But turns out Monet's picked up some of Sabretooth's powers over time. His healing factor, so the tongue grows back, and his claws, so the fight gets worse. And they fight and fight and fight. Um, and the inhuman escapes, so Sabretooth tracks him down. And some demons try to eat the inhuman, but Sabretooth kills all the demons. And the inhuman's like, oh, thank you so much. But he's like, I didn't save you for you. I saved you for her. And Monet... Uh, sucks his soul out and Sabretooth walks off and says, well, I'll just tell the X-Men the demons got him. Uh-oh. So the whole time he's having this big internal conflict about how he wants to be better than what he's been in the past. But then because of his feelings or his sense, his twisted sense of honor to Monet or whatever, he offers the inhuman up to her. And kind of goes back on everything he talked about. So what do you think of the art? Eh. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good. I like the colors. Winter did a great job on the colors. The art is fine. It's it's 90s. Um, kind of like his saber tooth. Kind of looks like Old Man Logan. But uh, yeah. But when they both have short hair like this, they kind of look alike. They they people do. draw them alike a lot. Because, you know, blonde hair, gray hair. Not much of a distinction. Yeah. Um, the story, I, th- I thought the inner monologue or the internal conflict with Sabretooth was very interesting. Not necessarily brand new or super original, but I enjoyed it. Bun put a nice twist on it. 
while I was disappointed, I thought it fit the story and was interesting, the kind of twist at the end where he saves the inhuman just to sacrifice him. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, and like I said, the one of the parts I liked most about Inhumans versus X-Men number two was the strategy of, of sending some of the most important Inhumans to Limbo. And then also you find out, you know, that because they needed someone they could actually kill. Oh, some other Inhumans accidentally got sucked in as well. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Cannon fodder. Um, so overall, I'm going to give Uncanny X-Men number 17 four out of six claws. What would you like to give it? Three out of six. Okay. Sounds good. Well, that is our IVX update. We need a theme song. Uh. IVX. Okay. <laughs> this is what you get when you work on the fly. It's not the right cadence. I'll come up with something else. Okay. IVX. Right, so we Dion. Oh, how could we work that? You can IVX if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave your mutant behind. I, 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 V, 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 X, 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 X. Wait. You can IVX if you want to. You can, you can find if you want mutants. to. No, you can leave your mutants behind. <laughs> but if you don't. Uh-huh. But if you don't... <laughs> we'll come up with another song. <coughs> Ideas are welcome. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. All right. Well, anyway, that's our IVX update. So, let's wrap up, huh? Okay. All right. That's going to do it for episode 207. Thanks for listening. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Too early? Cracker! <laughs> I really want a snack. I thought you were full. I'm letting people wonder. Oh. (laughs) Did they record it out of order? Nope, not this time. All right, so next time will be Monsters Unleashed. Another event kicking off before this one's even done. Monsters Inc., what? No, Monsters Unleashed. Right. Off the leash. Right. Off the chain. Right. Off the hook. Right. Off the beaten path. Right. And out of the kennel. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm talking to Andrew tomorrow, when I'm recording this, not when it comes out, uh-huh. about trying to re- reschedule the, the next Inferno flashback episode. So that will still eventually come out. Um, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. it will. It will. We promise. So anyway, um, as usual, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnitCast. Email us SnitCast at Yahoo.com. Our website with show notes is SnitCast.Podbean.com. And Denise, what's your Twitter? D-A-S underscore Venable. Yep. I think. <laughs> Put the old at in front of that and there you go. All right, well, we'll see you next time, guys. Hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye. Bye. And snacks. snacks. I can have my snack now. Yes, go for it. Awesome.